Hello everyone and welcome back to the Creative Productive Podcast with me, your host, Sarah Boyle, aka Stationary Magpie. Before we get started, a really quick kind of reminder slash announcement. I'm running two Get Started with Bullet Journaling workshops this week. The first one is tomorrow morning and then I have one on Wednesday evening as well. So if you're interested in getting started with bullet journaling, I'm going to tell you a little bit more at the end of the podcast, but you can head to the link in the description and get more information. But today... I'm back with a longer guest interview with the incredible Amber from The Flower and the Flea. I met Amber through the self-belief sessions, like quite a few of my guests, but we started chatting on Instagram and got to know each other and supported each other and she absolutely blew up. She's done so amazingly well and it's been wonderful to kind of feel a little bit a part of that. So I feel very proud and I'm really happy that she agreed to come on as an interviewee and that she could actually find the time. She is a very busy lady. She has started up a few other creative ventures in the past. She's a creative by nature, but this one, The Flower and the Flea, is the one that's truly taken off her business making flower charms out of antique beaded trivets. And she shares why she thinks it's done so well, how she's been learning to juggle her creative business and stay productive, as well as being a mum to a young baby. So it's a really great interview and a really good one to listen to if you have your own passion project that you've been putting off and you're feeling a little bit stuck with. She's really inspirational and I love chatting to her. So let's not waste any more time and get stuck in. Hello Amber, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do? I would love to. Um, First of all, thank you so much for asking me to join you on the podcast. Um, Highly honoured. And yeah, so I'm Amber. I'm British, but I actually live in Vienna uh, with my Viennese boyfriend and my 14-month-old daughter, Nova. And I um, juggle Nova. And I also uh, recently launched my business, which is a jewelry business called The Flower and the Flea, um, which you're very familiar with. I am. Customer. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's about me, like in a nutshell, very quick nutshell. Yeah. So how did you, I'm really intrigued, intrigued or like interested to hear like how you ended up in Austria. Cause obviously your boyfriend is Austrian. Yeah. So was it because you met him or were you there and then you met him? No. So I was, um, I'll try and keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. So I'm 30 now, but, um, when I was, um, 21, mm. I dropped out of uni out of my first year. And I definitely felt like, where is me? Like, what am I going to do yeah. with my life? What's going on? And so before I thought I was going to get serious, I was going to pop out and see my best friend, my all-time best friend, Charlie, um, who was doing a ski season in Austria. Yeah. And I was only supposed to like pop out for like four weeks. And I think I ended up staying for like three months. And then yeah. I, I ended up doing six ski seasons. Oh my God. So I met my boyfriend there, who's, um, he's Viennese. Yeah. But um, where I did the ski season was on the other side of Austria, um, in the Arlberg region. Mm. So that's how I kind of ended up in Austria. And then obviously he's Viennese, so yeah. when we stopped doing seasons, we kind of moved to Vienna together. And I've been yeah. here for about four years. Oh, wow. Four and a half years. Yeah. yeah. So what were you doing at uni then? So I was doing fashion styling and promotion at Middlesex. Oh. Um, I think 
it was the second year. Yeah, so no one had actually graduated from the course when I joined. I think mm. I joined the second year. Um, yeah. And it was like, I was so desperate to like get on the course. But once I kind of got to uni, I was like, wow, this isn't what I was expecting. No. Um, so yeah, I actually ended up leaving to the shock horror of my family, especially my grandma, I ended up <laughs> in my first year. Wow. Yeah, that's quite a big thing. Because I had a friend who dropped out of uni at the beginning of second year. Mm-hmm. Like, that was huge. Like her family were like shocked. But yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting to hear like what, kind of happens after because a lot of the time like I dropped out of a, a PGCE mm-hmm. a lot of the time like you kind of knowing yourself that it's the right thing to do yeah a lot of people around you are like oh my gosh and I think there's this kind of preoccupation with like you can't quit you have yeah. to just finish it yeah. and sometimes I don't think that's the best thing so it's really interesting to hear like when people have actually got the courage to say like no this isn't for me I'm not doing it anymore yeah at the time it definitely felt insane um there was like a lot of um like family issues going on that I was mm. kind of struggling with um I'd like turned down my at the time my dream job mm. um like, I'd had kind of like quite a lot of like family pressure to go to uni yeah um and once I got there I was just like this is not what I was expecting and no. I'm not happy and I yeah I just like I, I was like a lost little lamb after I left but in hindsight, yeah, I'm glad that I did. So, I mean, you're basically like you're kind of basically working in fashion now, and like you have your own little like brand, which is basically yeah. what you would have hoped to achieve anyway. But you've done it without that. Like, there's not one way to do it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think at the time, like everything, always feels like the be all and end all. Like you know, like the G- you know, like doing your GCSEs. That yeah. Felt like everything. Like it felt so serious. Yeah. And that, those kind of things, like, I look back on and I think, yeah, it's not, like, it's not that big of a deal. It's not in hindsight, yeah, but, like, at the time, it feels like the most important thing in the world, doesn't it? And now I, I can, like, barely remember what GCSEs I got. Like, I can remember, like, two A stars, four A's, two B's and a C or something like that. But it's, like, I don't know what subjects they're in. Exactly. Yeah, it's funny. Oh, that's really interesting. I'm glad you shared that because it's like interesting to know where people have come from. Um, so I have done some light stalking of you because you have yeah. like two wonderful Instagram accounts. You have your flower on the flea and you also had like your kind of more personal one, um, yeah. which I know you're kind of posting more on the flower on the flea now with your business. But I was enjoying like looking back because you have to, don't you? Um, and kind of looking at like some of the other little creative projects that you have kind of tried and like had a go at. So like, have you always considered yourself to be a creative person? I feel like I know the answer. Yeah. Would you um, say yeah, a resounding yes, like 100%. <laughs> so my, I grew up with, so my mum had me really young. She was pregnant mm. at 17 and gave birth at 17. <gasps> wow. Um, and she is really highly creative. Um, she went to fashion college, you know, after she had me. And so I grew up in a really, so I grew up in a single mother household. Mm. Um, but my mom was incredibly creative. So we would always be doing like, you know, crazy, like making projects and like getting creative. And because I spent so much time alone mm. as a child, my sister wasn't born until I was 11. Yeah. Um, so I used to feel like a lot of my time with being creative. So it's definitely like ingrained in me and a part of me. And yeah, throughout all stages of my life, I've always been like creative. Mm making stuff really 
Yeah, it's really interesting to hear because I've had quite a few of these conversations now and like there's a definite theme of like people with family members who are creative mm-hmm. have always considered themselves to be creative and I think it's that influence, isn't it? Like that direct yeah. influence of like creativity is a good thing and yeah. like you need to, you know, like explore it and spend time on it. So it's really interesting to hear that. Um, yeah, that's cool. So you're kind of like mother-like daughter in a way. Yeah, 100%. And yeah. I really... I can pass that on to my daughter Nova um, because I think there's like something really special about um, what's it called? Is it called like flow? You know, when you're in flow. Yeah, that kind of creative flow. Yeah. And like you lose track of time. And like, I feel like that doesn't happen very often in modern life, but it definitely does when I'm creating. Yeah. That sounds. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's definitely, I love it. Like that's what I think people need to, like that for me is more the goal of creativity. It's not necessarily going to be the end project, like end product, sorry, mm-hmm. of what you are trying to create. Because I think we, t- we focus too much now on the end, like the finished product, but like that yeah. kind of state of flow and that kind of just enjoyment and like you lose yourself in like what you're doing. That for me is like the more important part of creativity. And I'm so glad you said that because it's like yeah. just, the penny just feels like it's dropped for me now and I'm like yes that's what that's what the point is the flow yeah Yeah. so you've been creating a long time then have you had any other like little creative projects before flower and the flea I saw there was something about like cross stitching I think yeah so I used to um so obviously we met doing um the self-belief sessions we did and um Elizabeth Styles and Sophie French and the reason that I did that course is because I've always wanted to have my own creative business. So yeah. I have, I have previously like tried, I mean, you couldn't really even call it tried to create, have a business because yeah. I always like, you know, was scared of, you know, fear of failure and kind of like gave up before I really got going. So in the past, um, I used to do mod, what I called modern cross stitch. So I cross stitched yeah. onto cardstock. Hmm. And then the idea was that you would like cross stitch someone's name or, you know, like date of birth or something like that. And you'd, I'd gift it with um, a frame and then it could be a card and then it could be framed. And I did like huge cross stitch wall hangings. Oh, wow. I also got into, a lot of people say macrame or macrame. Yeah. I don't know which one it is, but. I've got no idea. I quite, I got quite into it a few years ago and I've just kind of made a lampshade that's kind of like that. And I'm, I'm really hate telling people cause I'm like, I don't know how to say it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I thought it was macrame, but apparently it's like macrame. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Okay. If anyone's listening that knows, like feel free to educate us because we're obviously <laughs> ignorant to this. Maybe it's like an American British thing. Yeah. I think, I mean, in German, it's definitely macrame. So uh, I don't know if I'm getting confused, like because of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely like went through that phase. I mean, with my cross stitch business, I took it as far as like having branding done, like having like back then, like business yeah. card thing. I feel like business cards are less of a thing now because yeah, yeah. But I did all of that, and then I just always convinced myself it was never going to work out. No one was going to pay the price point that I would have to charge, you know, in order to be able to run a business. Yeah. Um. So. That was a long answer, but the short answer <laughs> is yes, I have tried like ventures in the past, but never, you know, not like how I'm, I'm like no. running, how I've launched my business now. Not like how we are absolutely smashing it at the moment. 
<laughs> because you really are. What do you feel like? I mean, I feel like I partly know the answer, but like, what do you feel like is different about this kind of business or like this project? Um, 100% is just like my, it's, I think it's based in my self-confidence. Yeah. Um, and I think I'd spent a lot of time telling myself those stories that we probably all know, you know, and that we covered a lot in the course, in the self-belief, self-belief sessions course, um, that you can't be successful by being creative. You can't yeah. make enough. It's not a real job. It's not a real vocation. It's too, um, oh, can I only think of the German word? It's too like. Give me unsta- the German word. <laughs> unsicher. It's too like unstable. Like, oh yeah. You know what I mean? That. There's not um, enough like structure or like security that security that that's like it. it. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> or do you know what I mean? Like, what are people going to think of me? Yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. So I think that the difference has been that I've just been able to, as they would, as the girls would say, like yeah, assume, um, assume the best. Like you know, don't worry about what other people um are thinking. Um, and also to not be afraid of trying hard yeah because that's the other thing isn't it it's like if you the fear of telling people how much you really want this Mm. you know thing to happen you know and the fear that people might see you you know air quotes failing or yeah you know what I mean so I feel like that has all shifted and also having Nova um and I would say the pandemic hitting just that combination of being like you know you've wanted this for so long you know but realizing that I'm stopping yeah. myself no one else is stopping me it's just myself yeah oh so, yeah that's really interesting to think about and I'm gonna kind of segue down into like this idea of like having enough time for it as well because obviously mm-hmm. you are like the mum of a basically a baby I'm not like yeah. very down with kids I don't know like yeah. when they're considered babies when are they considered more I don't know but like yeah she seems very much like a baby um yeah. so like you're the mum of a baby and then like you've got this little like this emerging business and then I know yeah. that is uh your boyfriend he has the business as well yeah so that's also quite full-on so he's also self-employed yeah yeah so you have a lot going on yeah um were you so did you feel like you were telling yourself that you didn't have the time at all did you feel like time was a bit of a barrier for you or did you just feel like it was kind of the, the confidence and the kind of just do it I feel like it was more of a confidence thing because yeah. um, it's only now that I'm actually doing it that I'm like, shit, I don't have the time, <laughs> um, you know, to really like give it my all or like as yeah. much as I would really, really, really love to be able to give my business. Um, and I definitely think it was more of a self-confident thing because obviously before I had Nova, mm. I was also, and when I was younger, I was working seasonally. So a lot of the time I had the summer off. So yeah. I would have time, a lot of time, you know, to be doing creative projects. I could have, you know, I could have launched a business years ago when yeah. I you know, first tried and, you know, technically be, you know, I've had years of owning a business, but it was definitely more of a self-confidence, mm. you know, thing rather than I would say a time thing it's only now that I've had Nova that I'm like I don't have enough time yeah (laughs) it's funny though that now you have less time you're like giving your you're more like focused or like you're more yeah I think you have to be because this is something else that I've been thinking about is I would definitely class myself as a perfectionist Mm. but I can't afford to be now no 
So if I would look at my website or, you know, my, my grid or whatever, I'm like, there's so much stuff I would change. There's so <laughs> stuff I would love to improve. You know, I would love to do a whole like professional, you know, proper photo shoot, have proper branding. Like there's so much stuff that I see from my side that yeah. I know could be doing better. Like I want to improve, but I, I don't have the time. So I, I think that's actually been a really good thing is having Nova in a way because I don't have a choice. I just yeah. have to, I have to get stuff done to the best of my ability with the time that I've got. Yeah. Done is better than perfect. That's my favorite yeah. motto. Like yeah, you've just I'm- got to do it sometimes. Yeah, definitely learning that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so did you kind of I feel like well it looked anyway like you experienced like a sudden massive growth in like your business because it like obviously we were on the self-belief sessions together and like you would kind of tentatively launch things and like you would do you were selling your charms through Instagram and then you were like okay I'm gonna set up a website and like do a proper launch and everything and it absolutely went mad yeah (laughs) basically did you foresee that like how did you did you think that would happen how did you prepare for it were you totally unprepared tell me about it because I feel like you're still a bit reeling a little bit yeah definitely I've like learned like huge 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 lessons like over the last couple of months and so when we did the self-belief sessions that was in June wasn't it so I think I first started playing around with my jewelry in so I'd had this idea for years yeah but pandemic hit and then I was like now is the time like I'm you know I've got more headspace like Nova had like you know she was what would she have been she would have been maybe like nine months by then Mm. so I started like playing around with my jewelry in April um but it took me kind of like quite a long time to figure everything out so by the time we did the self-belief sessions course in June Mm. you know I was kind of doing that typical like posting inspo posts like not really like putting it out there like what doing um and you know so I I probably had I don't know like 30 followers or 50 followers or something (laughs) And then I did the self-belief sessions and I basically took on everything that Elizabeth and Sophie said. Yeah, you did. Like committed. Like, so I, I felt like ridiculous, like launching, launching under air quotes, essentially to like 120 people. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Putting a countdown timer on um, and stuff like that felt really silly. Yeah. But I think what happened is because I started taking it seriously and I did that publicly and I had to kind of be accountable then. I was holding myself accountable. Yeah. Through kind of like going public. So I then spent probably, I launched the 19th of July. I then probably sold in my DMs for about, let's say like one and a half months. Yeah. And I, I just realized I couldn't keep up with the DMs. And like, because there was so much back and forth, you know, with like, how do you want to pay? What's your address? Yeah, all of this that. Kind of thing. So I was like, right, I need to get a website. So I effectively closed down my Instagram for two weeks. Yeah. And that's how I started realizing, wow, because so many people were messaging me like, you know, when can I purchase? Can I purchase? Can I purchase? Can I purchase? And then I was like, wow, okay. So it seems as if a lot of people are actually going to want to purchase at the website launch. And I spent a lot of time communicating, you know, like, yeah behind the scenes and what was going into everything and yeah so the website launch I basically had like 
of panic attack. Like I had like <laughs> heart palpitations because I knew that there were people sitting there waiting for the website. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, it went live and it just went like absolutely insane and sold out within like, I think it was like 15 minutes. It's mad. Like I was so, pr- I was so happy for you, but I was like, oh my gosh, like did she, like she did not realize what she was getting herself in for, like in a way, because it just went crazy. Yeah, I was literally like, I was also kind of like live storing and I think you can really see it. Like if, if you would have been there like that night in sin, you would have literally seen that I was like, I knew, I knew that people were like waiting. I knew that yeah. people, I didn't know that it was going to be like that. And then no. the same happened again at the restock. Um, and yeah, it's just been like nuts. It's crazy. It's, I can explain it. The last like month has been, yeah, cray cray. I know. I mean, I think what I was thinking about like, why it's gone so crazy and I think it definitely is like because people love to see like your life and like you show all the behind the scenes stuff and mm-hmm. as well I think it's the stories behind the beads as well I don't know if you'd like to yeah. talk about that because we haven't talked about that yet yeah I would actually love to um because I am a little bit obsessed um yeah. as most people can tell <laughs> um so one of my like biggest like hobbies and passions is thrifting and shopping secondhand so I absolutely love to go to flea markets and secondhand shops and they are absolutely like insane in Vienna yeah um and I came across a vintage glass beaded trivet I'll say that slowly (laughs) whoever talks about trivets or knows like what a trivet is for anyone who doesn't know what a trivet is it's basically to put pans on right yeah so yeah yeah like just to put like anything hot on and yeah. to protect like the surface the what is it what's it like a table <laughs> I don't know um I found one like three and a half years ago at mm. a Nash Mart again it's the most famous flea market and I just thought it was so beautiful and I I love the beads and I knew I was like oh I'm gonna repurpose those because I love repurposing stuff as well um and make it into jewelry and Nico my boyfriend was like you can't take that apart it's so beautiful like it's so old it's so special and so over the years I always like kept my eye out for them I have to admit though Nico is much better at finding <laughs> and I built up like quite a little collection um over the last um yeah like three and a half years mm. and they're basically the original so we all know and we've all played with they're called Bugle Perlin Perla Beads or Hammer Beads which is those like plastic tube beads that you put on the spiky template and then iron and melt together. Yeah, I did them in, I I used to have them in brownies and like guides and stuff. I remember playing with those, yeah. I I feel like everyone has played with those and knows what they did. And so these are basically the original version of those. So Mm. obviously now you can like iron them and melt them together. Whereas years ago they were made from glass and they were woven together. Um, to make trivets so yeah mm. that was a bit long-winded but <laughs> no it's really interesting and I love how you like talk about the history of them and it's that whole thing of like repurposing like reusing which I think we're all getting a lot better at or like getting more interested in yeah. so I think that as well is like a really strong kind of in like point of interest to your business it's like it has so much kind of soul to it yeah you know and there's so much behind it all this history and then you're like wearing them as like a little charm and you're kind of like you don't know where it came from but it's got this whole history and it's really cool I really love that that is definitely like a huge part of it because in nature my jewelry is quite simple 
Mm. Um, you know, like the flower chants themselves, but the beads could be up to like 90 years old. Yeah. Which is just like incredible. And they're all handmade and like, yeah, they've all been like thrifted and yeah, who made them? Like who? We don't know. Together, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then Amber comes and cuts them up and makes them into cute little chants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do try to leave the nice ones alone and just repurpose the like really damaged ones yeah but yeah I always get really worried and like I hope you can like put put this worry to rest I always get really worried that you're gonna run out um that it is it is a worry of mine yeah um, because the thing is I won't go on about this forever but no. there's there's differences in the quality of the beads yeah um, and it's really hard to source the high quality ones that I use. Mm. Um, so yeah, that, but I think that that also is what makes it more special in a way as well, because they're, yeah, they're limited. They, you know, yeah. they're sort of reduced like 40, 50 years ago, no, 50 years ago, something like that. Yeah. That's good. So, Hopefully by the time that like, I don't want to say I don't even want to say it because it's like it actually does genuinely scare me because I'm like I love them I don't want this to stop but like hopefully by the time that like maybe you kind of start to run dry like you'll have something amazing and like a a new thing as well so I'm sure you will I definitely will be at some point sharing and selling more of my like flea market finds yeah I've got like a little stash of vintage jewelry and everything in our home is like secondhand thrifted. Um, and I used to buy and sell vintage clothing. Um, so that's definitely something I'm going to be open to add in in the future. That's so exciting. I'm so happy to hear that. It could be like a whole like thrifty, like repurposed lifestyle brand, the flower and the flea. I can see it now. That's so exciting. I'm always so proud of your um, charity shop finds and when you tagged me. Yeah, well, you kind of inspired me because, like, I was I was always the kid that, like, my mum loves them, but she used to, like, drag me in. And mm. I was really impatient and I was like, oh, I can't be bothered. Like, I'm so bored. And, like, she she literally have to, like, drag me into every charity shop and she'd walk mm-hmm. past and she'd be like, please, can we go in? But now, I don't know what it is. I think it's because, like, I'm starting, I found a few really good things. Like, I found this, like, leather Zara jacket for, like, £11, which is gorgeous. And, like, a few really good finds have now, like, ignited this interest in me. And I'm like, oh, yes, really, like, you can find some really good stuff. And it's so unique as well. Exactly. And it just feels like everything has more of a story. Whereas, like, if you go into just, like, a high street shop, like, you could walk down the street, like, if you buy something from Topshop, and, like, three other girls could be wearing the same thing. Exactly. And it's like, yeah. There's so I think there's so many benefits to, like, thrifting and shopping secondhand. And I, I call it, like, the thrill of the rummage. Yeah. Like, I just love that you don't... Like, there will be days where I go, because I go quite a lot. I might not find... Thing or you know I might find one tiny thing but then there might be days where I go and I'm like literally I cannot tell you how much crazy stuff <laughs> I've taken home either on the U-Bahn or like in an Uber yeah just, like, them to like let us like <laughs> basically wreck their suspension because <laughs> <laughs> of all the stuff that you've got yeah yeah I feel like it's quite an interesting you have to be quite creative I think to see the potential of things as well yeah I think you've got to kind of really like think about like because like sometimes you can see something but you've got to try and like visualize it almost in like a different setting or like how you can repurpose it 
And I think that's like a skill that you, that you have to learn. That's true. That's true. And I also did, um, not that this is a plug, but I basically shared like my top 10 flea market tips because, mm. but I would say like the biggest tip is to go often because I think so many people think they see other people finding amazing stuff like charity shops, flea markets, whatever, secondhand shops. And they think that they'll walk into a shop and find like yeah. five things. But the secret is you have to go often. Yeah. Little and often, I think, is like yeah. the perfect thing. Like, I and and trying different ones as well. And I think you get to know like the different shops. Like, I've got to know some of the charity shops. And I'm like, I know that one's like more expensive, or like that one's a little bit cheaper, but that one has good stuff. Like, you start to get to know them, don't you? Exactly. Yeah. No, I I get really excited about it now, and I think there's like because I'm following more people on Instagram that are like into the whole thrifting stuff. It like gets mm-hmm. me more excited to see what they found and like to share my own little finds. So yeah, it's is super fun. Um, so let's get back to talking about like productivity then, because I mm-hmm. want to, well, kind of productivity and still creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that you've made the charms your business, because I feel yeah. like it's like a lovely little creative thing to like make something, but do you still find the same enjoyment now that you've like got to make a certain amount of them and you've got to like fulfill the orders? Do you still find it like creatively fulfilling? If I'm being honest, after the madness of yeah. the last not as much Mm. and what what I'm realizing is that I also need to factor in time that will allow allow me to still um like play around and create like new designs and stuff like that Mm. so I think if I'm just you know like let's say I'm just churning out like you know 50 charms a week or whatever however many that you know I always want to put like a lot of love and like you know good energy into everything that I'm doing and I think if feel like you're just do you know what I mean producing and then on to the next one on to the next one on to the next one yeah not quite the same no so I definitely need to factor in like you know and that's up to me to make keep my business fun you know and I have found that by you know creating earrings and like you know I'm desperate to like you know launch bracelets necklaces yeah so I think yeah I definitely need to like find the balance between you know having enough time to still like be creative and like being creative for me means playing around with new ideas yeah and that's that's a part of your business really like that needs to be like and like implemented in like you say and like if you're just sitting there like essentially kind of trying to mass produce stuff like that's not really what your business is about it's about like you know individual like kind of limited pieces so I think yeah it's good for you to like realize that and kind of make the change and I think it was good when you did the restock that you like did a lot less yeah and you consciously made the decision like even though you could have easily sold more you were like no it's not gonna happen I need to like that's what I'm learning now is I need to find the balance between obviously I've gone from full-time mum to essentially having it feels like to me a full-time business on the side yeah and things at the moment are not gelling um especially with not having any outside help with nova nico's Mm. got his own business so what's essentially happened is i I haven't you know been able to look after myself Mm. Um, because obviously nova will always come first but Mm. you haven't been eating and sleeping enough so i think in you know in order to have like longevity in your business you have to be healthy and you have to you know work out the balance and, and go at your own pace so I think that's a huge lesson that I've just yeah. learned 
Um, and going forward, I definitely need to find more of that sort of like balance where I can keep creative. Um, I can, I don't know how to say this nicely, give the people what they want. Yeah. <laughs> we want flower jobs. Yeah. And still like, you know, have enough energy to be the mother that I want to be and, you know, enough energy yeah. for myself and which is hard to find when you're a mum to a baby. Yeah. Um, you know, and for my relationship and stuff like that. So, you know, my friends, you know, like I've forgotten yeah. some birthdays. I'm awful at replying to messages. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think balance is going to be like my, I don't believe in like 100% balance. No. I don't think it's ever possible to achieve. Yeah. But a little bit more balance. That's going to be my new like keyword. Yeah, I think the key is really to like, you know, checking in with yourself like you're like you're doing basically and kind of Mm -hmm. constantly assessing like, is this like right for me? Is this kind of working? Like, what can I change? Or like, how can I kind of it's like you there's all this pressure to like make your business really big and like push really hard. But like if that's not going to make you happy, if that's not going to achieve what you what you actually want what's the point? Like, there's no point burning out. Like you, you kind of can't cause you're a mum and everything, you know, so you've got to look yeah. after yourself. So it's really important. Exactly. And that is like the main thing I've learned because I do want longevity. I don't just want to flat, like this isn't like a flash in the pan, like make a bit no. of money. Like, you know, I want to have a long-term um, brand. Um, this has always been my dream. And I think in order to achieve that, then I have to be, you know, functioning yeah <laughs> so, I mean that's true for everyone essentially like I feel like I've seen a few stories of like burnout or people recognizing that they're getting close to burnout and either actually going through it or like saying to themselves no I have to like really pull back from this and really think about how I feel yeah. um so yeah I really admire the way that you you know you're thinking about that and I think you've done so amazingly like you know doing everything and like what's nice as as well is like you've been sharing on stories about like yes this is going a bit crazy and like I've still got Nova and and you're kind of sharing like but the house is a mess because I like it might look like I'm on top of everything but I'm definitely not exactly that's the thing that I meant about with um I've forgotten the word which I just said but that's (laughs) about I don't think balance 100% exists because if if you're giving 100 you know or 90% in one area of your life then Mm. obviously you can't give 100 in every other area no so yeah the house has been it's like (laughs) it's mostly back in order but during like the website you know the weeks where I was like making the website and like you know launch and after launch it was just like out of control yeah so (laughs) yeah yeah oh well you do, you've done amazingly I'm so in awe of how you're doing like especially as like the mum to a new baby because I'm like how did she even have like the headspace so well done I'm just, I think everyone is kind of I do have to shout out Nico actually because yeah. you know there's that saying what's that saying is like behind every man is a good woman is that the yeah saying? that's yeah but it's kind of he's been that for me in the last couple of months so he's stepped up and he's looked after and over a lot more you know yeah. he's He's like dealt with all my emotional work <laughs> and like me being exhausted and he's been like a massive, um, you know, support for me. So I actually like, I know that sounds cheesy, but I actually couldn't have done what I've done without, you know, Nico supporting me. No, that's really wonderful. I really love that as well, that like you've got, you know, obviously your partner is like 
fully your partner and he's like fully supporting this and like yeah it's wonderful (laughs) don't get me wrong he does drive me crazy as well um but yeah I do I do have to say that because you know what you just said about me sharing on stories is so so important because it's so easy to make it look like oh my god you know everything's so easy like I'm so successful I don't you know what I mean yeah (laughs) oh my god I'm so successful and like oh everything's just amazing and life is so easy and I, I feel like it's really hard to find the balance between being transparent and showing people that actually there's a an insane amount of hard work that goes into everything yeah but also not wanting to come across as do you know what I mean being ungrateful or yeah only or yeah you've got to get the balance right really of like sharing like the struggle when it's there yeah. but kind of not being like oh like you know this is so such a hard struggle for me it's kind of acknowledging the work that goes into it and I think it's nice that when you do that for me anyway I feel like if I see the work that goes into it and I see the kind of like emotional and like physical effort and everything like I appreciate the product a lot more because I can kind of see that it's been made with like love and like really had to have energy focused on it and yeah it's just it's good to see I think I always feel like I always get like really positive messages whenever I've shared like oh having a down day like people are really really like to see that you're still human you're not like a machine yeah I think it's so important especially like I've been talking to quite a few other small um, businesses that are kind Mm. of like you know that have really taken off over the last few months and yeah it's so important to like share with other people do you know what I mean and be transparent about what goes into running you know a small business yeah because it's a lot you know especially you know if you're a one-man band or a one-woman band then you know there's a lot and I think that we don't think about that because we're so used to like these huge corporations do Mm. I mean click and buy and it's there does that make sense and they have everyone like they have like teams of people like just focusing on like the marketing where it's like as a one person business you're like having to do everything and you're like I don't know how to do this stuff I'm just figuring it out so exactly. yeah you know more than like anyone you know how it is juggling yeah. work your business yeah just you doing everything and yeah. keeping up energy motivation productivity oh yeah <laughs> definitely yeah that's the thing as well because I'm like preaching this whole idea of like being creative and productive I'm feeling like sometimes I'm feeling this pressure and like but why am I not getting up early anymore like I've suddenly let that slide and I'm like I should really be on top of this but then I'm like well that's the whole point is the fact that it's not perfect and like yes some days I struggle and I wake up at half eight and I'm like what happened here but it's nice to share that. And then people realize like, oh yeah, that's okay. Like I can work towards something. I don't ever have to be perfect at it. Exactly. That's like relatable rather mm. than just you being perfect. Do you know what I mean? I think that's, that doesn't inspire perfectionism. Doesn't yeah. Inspire- yeah. If it anything, seems- it's intimidating. Yes. hundred yeah. percent. So I'm just going to show you all of like my messy glory and hope that that inspires you to have a go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. yeah uh so do you find because then obviously I mean it's it's different now that your kind of creativity is part of your business but do you find like your creativity and productivity kind of work with each other or against each other like I know there are some people that find or like they define productivity in like the very traditional sense but like what do you think about that 
Um, I'm definitely one of those people that just wants to focus on the creative side. Yeah. And I definitely do struggle with productivity. So I can get lost in like an Instagram scrolling. Yeah. Um, I can get really distracted by my phone. Mm. Um, I'm also one of those people that like, when I've got like a task to do, or let's say like I've got to fulfill my orders, I would rather like power through like (laughs) an insane amount of hours with like zero breaks and like get it done. Yeah. But I can't do that now that I've got Nova. Oh yeah. (laughs) I, I do find it hard to kind of like, you know, keep, I think I have to be productive because I've only got a certain amount of time. Yeah. When Nico goes out with Nova and he's like, right, I'm going to take Nova out. You know, you can focus on this. You can do this. I have to. Because yeah. That's the only time that I've got to do it. Like now, <laughs> basically, yeah. like he's taking her out now, hasn't he? So I'm like, yeah, we've got to do the podcast now. Yay. Yeah. I'm- so I'm kind of forced to be productive, mm. but I definitely do need to, what's the saying? Work smarter, not harder. Yeah. I still need to learn how to do that. Yeah. I think that's a big thing. Like we kind of think we mistake productivity for volume of work and like how much we get done. And I don't think that's as important as like what we get done or like what we focus on. Yes. That's like, cause I'm still making the mistake of writing this like huge AF to do list. And then, do you know what I mean? I'm like, Oh, I've only ticked off one thing. Whereas need to break it down to be more manageable or just more realistic yeah one thing I've really uh, I've seen that's really useful is people choose like okay what's important and what is urgent mm-hmm. like some things might be both and if something isn't urgent or like isn't important like just leave it yeah and just focus on like the priorities and I think it's it's getting used to prioritizing especially when you've got such limited time because it can be so easy to kind of go off in a little rabbit hole of like I could maybe try this and start doing all this like research but then like not actually using it just kind of doing it as procrastination yeah that I do that a lot I have to say I do other tasks like you just said that aren't yeah. as important or urgent but so I don't rest mm-hmm. I'm always doing something but I'm definitely wasting time yeah doing important things and I I need to sort that out (laughs) (laughs) it's a work in progress like we've said like we always just need to like acknowledge it start working on it see what's gonna happen yeah it's definitely a work in progress yeah so yeah this has been absolutely lovely to finally properly chat to you I feel like we've voice noted back and forth for so long and this is the first time we've actually like properly spoken kind of face to face although I know I'm glad we're doing it on zoom so we can like see each other yeah and one thing I will say is I think you were the second person to ever send, obviously we didn't know each other, to send no. me a voice. And I basically shat my pants because I was like, oh, a stranger, like, I can't possibly send the voice note back. And now I voice note the hell out of people. That's so funny. <laughs> so I always like think of you when, when like I send voice notes, especially if it's someone that's probably thinking, who is this weirdo? Yeah voice noting me why is she just not writing a message and you got that from me that's yeah so flattering I feel like I just feel like they're a lot more personal and like it doesn't always come off in like a message like 
for example how enthusiastic I am about something or like how like friendly I want to sound like I just don't like the idea that like people can misread the tone of like text messages and also I just take texting because I always like type things wrong yeah and so, so much faster that's why I'm obsessed so with it much faster. I can be doing like one thing but also yeah. just like send off a really quick voice note so yeah definitely I feel like the depth of conversations as well like like there's a, a girl I've started talking to like another coach and we've just been like mm-hmm. listening each other and I'm like we would not have been able to like have this kind of conversation over like text it's not not the same exactly definitely. so yes basically just voice note the people that you want to be friends with and then you'll be friends with them yeah literally <laughs> like I did like you did to me on the after no it was during the SBS sessions wasn't yeah it? I think it was I've done that to a few people in the group actually <laughs> There were some amazing, there are like amazing people in the group. Yeah. Do you know what? I have actually got quite a few of them as guests. So, I mean, it says something, doesn't it? I can't wait to hear um, everyone else's. Where can people find you online and get a beautiful flower charm? When? Um, So, obviously, (laughs) I post all the day-to-day stuff on um, Instagram. So, it's just the flower and the flea. Mm -hmm. And then I've also got a website, which is exactly the same flowerandflea.com and my next restock is still to be announced thank you so much amber for being on the podcast sorry the ending is a bit abrupt there but me and amber basically just switched to normal chatting which wasn't actually appropriate for the podcast episode so i hope you'll forgive me i'm still learning i'm still kind of figuring out the best way to do this podcast So yes, as she said, you can follow Amber on her Instagram. She's currently taking a little break after she has had COVID and she's been recovering. Um, But her next restock of her beautiful jewellery will be in February this year. So make sure you're following her to find out exactly when it will be. And you have been warned, she sells out in a matter of minutes, possibly seconds. It is wild so if you're keen to get hold of a charm you really do have to be on it and ready and waiting as everything goes live think trying to get tickets for a concert that you know will sell out it's crazy and I think every time it's a little bit overwhelming for her but she's done so amazingly well all of her links are below for you to follow her and find out more and if you are waiting for a little bit more information make sure you're following me on instagram I've been having great fun recently making reels to get you excited about bullet journaling because as I said I'm running two workshops this week to get you started with bullet journaling. So if you're curious about a planning system that you create yourself that's totally flexible and can be perfectly tailored to your lifestyle and is a creative outlet bullet journaling is for you. There's still time to get a place either on the Tuesday morning or Wednesday evening sessions if you're listening as the podcast goes live of course. Places are £20 each and the workshop is an hour long over Zoom. You'll have the chance to ask all the questions you have about bullet journaling, get a live demo and get tailored advice on how you can use the system to suit your life. The link for more information and for tickets is in the description. Anyway, that's pretty much it for today. I hope you've enjoyed the interview. Make sure you're following me and for anything else, you can go to stationarymagpie.com. All that's left to say is have a wonderful, creative, productive day.